Before I jump in, I had this picture come to be very, very clear, which is pretty normal for me. And I saw a desert, like a desert bed, and it just started to flood. And along the edges of, of this new river, just these big, beautiful, refreshing trees were growing. And I think that's a part of what we are called to do as Grand Valley Church in the future. You know, there's a lot of development moving this way. In 10 or 15 years, what's around this place will look very different. What kind of a place are we? I think we're an oasis where people find life, where people find truth, where people find grace, where people find manifest the fruits of the Spirit in such a beautiful, simple way that has integrity that it really begins to challenge uh, their own walk with Jesus, and they re-encounter the goodness of God in this place and come to life. Wouldn't that be beautiful? So I'm not giving that like as a specific, like we're going to stamp it on the website, but uh, it's an exciting thing to just know that God wants to use us to bring life to our community, to our family. You guys ready? All right. Welcome online. Welcome here in the room to week two of our Journey Discipleship series. Uh, This week, we're specifically going to dig into the theme of becoming like Jesus. As a brief review for everyone in the house, this is a three-week series that we're in, and last week, we began our series with the theme of being with Jesus. We talked about how our nature and how our transformation as disciples of Jesus should begin and flow out of the practice and joy of simply being with him. We discussed a variety of ways that were, for some of us, some review of ways that we can be with Jesus that are critical if we really want to have deep, effective uh, relationship with Jesus. We we touched on Bible devotions and journaling. We touched on uh, meditation and contemplation. And we touched on prayer. I want to ask you guys, how did it go this week? How did it go? How How did your personal time with Jesus go this week? Any, like, you know, somewhat, somewhat. So I felt this week uh, a lot happened. I did not go to scripture like I hoped I would, but I, I really did a good job with prayer. I have so many things that I'm like, oh my goodness, what should I do? I should pray about that right now. Um, and so I just want to encourage you as we lean into discipleship, start with being with him. Start. If you have not carved out that time, if it's a little, been a little while since you've assessed personal practices, please, please do that. I want to encourage you that your faith journeys are not a one-size-fits-all approach, right? We should enjoy some common practice, but we also have this opportunity to shape our walk with Jesus as individuals in ways that resonate with who God has created us to be, right? God's created you to be a specific person in a specific place in a specific time. Your walk with him, how he energizes you and calls you to life, does not need to look like the person beside you. Yes, there will be some commonalities, but you need to look into that. And you need to know how to, how to get your own relationship with Jesus ticking and firing and feeling good. It's the best thing you could do. If you join me next week, a little uh, advertisement, we're going to wrap up this discipleship series uh, with a specific look at what it means to behave like Jesus in the world around us. And I really hope that this series really causes us to assess our growth and our maturity as disciples over time. This philosophy that we're building around discipleship is going to guide a lot of our vision and a lot of our values moving forward. And I am really, really glad that you're here. And I'm really, really glad that we get to do this together. 
If you want some information on values and mission and some of those types of things, Ralph already plugged it, but we are starting to build some of those things up with a little more detail at grandvalleychurch.ca. Jump in there, take a look, give me your feedback. Uh, We're doing it together. It's good stuff. So before we tackle this theme of becoming like Jesus, I have a few important reminders for you before we dig in. The first one is this. We don't do any of this because we have to. I want to remind you of a quote that I read that rocks me. It stuck with me for a few years. I did share it in a communion service. It says, you can fulfill the commands of the Bible better by falling in love with God than trying to obey him. The Christian faith is not a business transaction. It's not an arranged marriage where you receive a dowry of riches for your compliance. Christianity only works if you're in love. That's N.T. Wright. It's important that you're in the room today and you realize you you made that choice to come, right? Our discipleship is a choice that should flow out of love. No one here, at least that I saw, maybe the welcome team got a little violent, but I didn't see anyone twisting arms on the way in. I didn't see that. We get to serve Jesus. We don't have to. There are many things that if you want to, you can choose to fill your life with. But if you've said yes to true discipleship, you should live out, an, out of an authentic and continuing encounter with God's love and God's sacrifice. The second one is even harder. <laughs> uh, getting all the tools that we need and finding the motivation to, to be a disciple is not the same as actually leaving the front door and going on the journey. You have to leave your home and leave comfortable spaces to take a trip. Imagine that you had this amazing date for this extreme camping adventure. This trip is going to be amazing. It's probably the trip of a lifetime. You choose when you're going to take the trip well in advance. You know the date and the destination. And you spend weeks and weeks packing and preparing. You're getting the right supplies for outdoor cooking, for shelter, for hiking, and for survival no matter what might come at you. But then you get cold feet. You cancel that trip. You never actually go. You would have all this stuff stacked up by the front door to equip you on this journey, on this adventure of a lifetime that you never actually take. That would be really, really tragic. But it happens to us as believers all the time, especially when it comes to discipleship. Our backpacks are full of all the good tools and resources that a church spends time preparing. And then we never find the courage or will to take it as people. And so that's a real danger as we begin to talk about and equip for discipleship. We can design tools and strategies. We can talk about it passionately. I could cry a little. But if we never have the courage collectively as a bunch of individuals becoming community and family together to go on the trip, it's meaningless. The resources are meaningless. The the strategies are meaningless. You have to take the trip. And it's very important to remember this, especially this week as we look at what it takes to become like Jesus. I just want to say that discipleship is costly. This is, in my opinion, is the hardest work that we have to do as disciples. And it's also the hardest work for a church, any church, to influence 
Because our effectiveness at becoming like Jesus rests on a thousand small decisions that we all make every day. You may have the practical tools to make the right choices. It doesn't mean you do. To become is to, it means to come to be like something or someone in an ongoing way. If we're going to continually become like Jesus, we need to continually pursue his character as the benchmark for our own. There's a story in Luke 19, 1-10 that tells a neat story about someone who spent mere moments with Jesus and it very quickly changed everything. You guys ever heard of Zacchaeus? I like the story of Zacchaeus because he was a wee little man. And uh, I barely stick up behind this pulpit, so I feel good about that. Uh, It says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was because he was short and he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a, a sycamore fig tree to help him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He is gone to be the guest of a sinner, that Jesus, hanging out with sinners. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. When we have an authentic, true encounter with the person of Jesus Christ, it changes our character. If we're going to grow as Christians, our character needs to be constantly realigned with the character of Jesus. We see this in the story of Zacchaeus. First, he was noticed and he was met by Jesus. And then repentance and salvation very quickly take hold. And they transform his actions and desires very, very quickly. And his character transformation is evident by these radical acts that he makes, again, of his own free will. He stops deceiving people. He pays them back, not just what he stole, but multitudes more than he took. He pledges a tremendous amount of his wealth to those less fortunate than himself. And as far as we know from that story, from that moment on, his business interactions continue to be honest and fair and kind. Our own transformation is a bit like that. It's it's from the inside out. It can partner with external events, like Jesus showing up, but then it needs to take root and it needs to grow inside of us. It needs to begin to transform our heart. It needs to transform our mind. It needs to transform our character. And that transformation of that place that we call character is the first place that Jesus needs to come and take over and move into. Without a transformed character, transformed action is not possible. Without a transformed character... Transformed action is not possible. Christ-centric obedience and action flows out of our character change. Without it, it's just an act, and it will not produce lasting spiritual fruit. Which is the thing that we're after, right, church? Come on. 
That's what we're after. We want good things here and now in our life today. I'm, I'm down with all that. That's good. But as believers, as Christians, I want a different kind of fruit than the natural kind I pick and eat right now. I want everlasting, eternal fruit. I want the stuff that I do in my life now to matter and resonate throughout eternity. And because Jesus is in our lives, he's actually given us the capacity to do it if we would tie up our shoes and go on the trip. And we're not here to put in time or to have nice services. We're here to do the work of Jesus. We're here to surrender our will to his and to get going. And I have happy and sad news. We only have a limited amount of time to do it. That's not a fear thing at all. It's just to say we're, we're temporary. But we can invest our lives in things. We can do things that resonate beyond ourselves. Generationally here in the physical and in the supernatural. God, help our lives to produce good things. Help the work that we do to be spiritually effective and lasting. 1 Corinthians 13, anyone know this one? If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, even more than Zacchaeus did, and give over my body to hardships that I should boast, but I do not have love, I gain, say it with me, nothing. Whoa, nothing. Nothing is zero. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's irrelevant. God's love will be what we need to partner with if we are going to authentically become like him. What is in us flows out of us at some point. We really want to make sure that the stuff in us is reflected in who Christ is. I got a little cup here. It's very, very full. I'm going to need a towel. Somebody, I don't know if there's towel or paper towel anywhere. I just thought of that right now. Um, I want to say that this cup represents our character. Right? As we jostle through life and we get tossed and turned. Anyone been tossed and turned by anything lately? Just a few things? What happens as we get jostled, jostled through life? What happens? What's happening? Other than me getting totally soaking wet and ticking someone off in janitorial staff. What's happening? What's in the cup is what? It's spilling. What's it getting on? Yeah. It's kind of getting on everything around it, right? It's, it's spilling. What's in our cup gets jostled out and spills over everything. The more that cup is full of the presence and character of God, the more of that will get on those around us. But we need to be careful because if that cup is full of unhealthy anger or hate or pride or jealousy, guess what spills out as you jostle into people throughout your life? I just want to remind you that our character is the cup that contains what we spread and spill on the world around us. 
As Christians, we don't ever arrive. I'm sorry. It's a never-ending journey. We don't ever arrive. We don't ever finish becoming like Jesus. We are all in a constant state of becoming. We get to constantly choose every day what we're filled with and what we allow to shape us. In this life, we're all becoming more and more of something. Who and what are we becoming like at Grand Valley Church? In what areas does our character fall out of alignment with who Jesus is? Galatians 5, to 26 tells us some of the traits that fill the cup of God, that fill God's character. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. The things that spill out of God's cup are incredibly good. I cannot guarantee what your faith journey will be like as you, as you, you know, step out on an adventure with Jesus, but I can tell you what it will be full of. I can promise you that as you engage with Jesus and go on that journey, all the things that spill out are going to be those things that are listed in Galatians. As our character is shaped and matured in his likeness, our cups will spill more and more of the same stuff. I also want to say that it's singular fruit. It's fruit of the Spirit, not fruits. I can, we can get into that later. Um, but I do want to say that fruits are connected to each other. You can't have a mature Christ-like character that is full of p- peace, but it possesses no self-control. You can't have a mature Christ-like character that is faithful, but possesses no kindness. It doesn't work that way. The, f- the fruits interact and influence one another. And as one comes up, they all come up. If one falls, they all fall. They are tied together. It's, uh, it's the same way with the gifts of the Spirit, which is something we don't have time to dig into today either. It's a whole other layer that we can dig into. But I want to say that the fruits and the gifts of, of the Spirit are not in conflict with each other in any way. They share the same goal of building and supporting Christ-likeness and Christ's change in each one of us. Complete alignment. You're not going to ever engage with fruits or gifts or Jesus in this scenario and then Jesus over here in this scenario and get something out of character alignment. All these things support each other and work together in perfect, beautiful unity. It's going to be our partnership and our submission to God's character that creates that change in our own. So what does it look like practically? This is where it gets really, really tough. Really tough. What does an exercise in character transformation look like? I want to use forgiveness as an example. And as I'm speaking, I want you to keep, a, keep one eye out. Uh, one eye out. That's, I'm not saying that right. I want you to keep an eye on discipleship groups and what it means to actually live as disciples together later as our discipleship groups launch. What would it look like if I want to become more forgiving? Um, I identify this problem in my character and my spirit. I need to become more honest with myself. I need to apologize when I'm wrong, make amends. I need to confront my own failures honestly. 
I want to imagine yourself self-assessing and understanding something like that about yourself. I really struggle here. Imagine putting yourself in the place to write a letter to someone or to setting up a meeting to buy someone coffee, someone that you might have hurt, someone that you need resolution with. As you take that posture of obedience to forgive and to love and to approach a problem, you experience freedom and peace. And uh, it comes as you take a step of obedience, moving a step closer to the character and the heart of God. That choice to take steps to forgive changes your character completely. So inside you, you can imagine unforgiveness just having a home. And as you move to that resolution personally, that brokenness becomes replaced by something beautiful. It becomes completely redeemed and changed. Brokenness becomes changed and forgiveness takes its place. Obedience takes its place. Faithfulness takes its place. But you had to go through the difficult act You had to lower your pride and invite humility in. But if you don't actually act on it, what happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. It continues to fester and grow. And actually, I would say, no, probably nothing doesn't happen. The the other outcome is is non-Christ-likeness. You become further and further removed from his heart and his character in your life. This is difficult. But if you courageously say yes to small actions like this, you experience a more beautiful, more healthy, and more honest relationship between you and others, between you and yourself, the narratives that you tell yourself when you look in the mirror, and most importantly, between you and God. Character change moves us past knowing and understanding something in our minds to experiencing it firsthand in our lives. Anyone here, since Sunday school, I've probably known what some of the right things are, right? There's a big difference between knowing the right things and doing the right things. We have to move past the knowing and the understanding of something to the experiencing of it. Jesus, even as we meet as a church family, God, let us not just worship you and hear about you. Let us experience you. Jesus is going to give each one of us the opportunity to transform our characters by inviting the production of the fruits into every area of our life. What would it look like for this church family and for each one of us if our lives were lived out of the same character of Christ and that we invited that character to grow in every action, in every exchange, in everything that we did in our lives? You know, as Christ's disciples, right? He has saved us and he is in us. Do you guys believe that? He's in us. Are we continually making the courageous choice to become more like him? What pours out of us? What spills out of our cups? As we wrap up today, I just want to challenge you on a few things. One, I want you to just take some time this week and I want you to identify one or two fruits that you think lack the most in your life. Do honest self-assessment. God, out of the fruits of the Spirit, which ones do I lack the most? I want you to ask God for his healing. 
I want you to ask him for his help so that you would produce more of that in your life. And I want you to ask for his wisdom so that you could enter into partnership with him and act in such a way that you could um, behave in a measurable and practical way in your, in your life that would allow that fruit to be manifest and healed within you. I want to say if you feel comfortable with this, you can share that with your spouse. Uh, you can share this with a good friend. But it's really, really important that as you identify what needs work, you pair it with an action, with a process, with a next step that would honor God and move you from knowing it to experiencing it. Secondly, I want to invite you back next week. Next week is one of my favorite weeks as we continue this series and this framework and we look at moving from character into action together. Thirdly, I want you to consider baptism. If you're here today and you say, yeah, I am a follower of Jesus. I love him. I've loved him for a while or I've loved him for a few weeks, but you've not taken that step to baptism. It would just be a privilege to baptize you. I was joking around last week that under this carpet is a baptismal and that it's almost cannonball depth. Um, And so it is a party. It's a good thing. It's a fun thing for us to get to baptize you if you're willing. Lastly, if you need prayer, In this series, if something's resonating, you know you're not exactly where you need to be with Jesus. You want someone to agree with you. You can ask for prayer at prayer at grandvalleychurch.ca. And we would be happy to pray with you and agree with you. And we're building a team that does that. So as I close, would you guys just bow your heads in a word of prayer? It's been so good to be with you. Jesus... As we courageously seek to become like you, would you pour out of us onto the world around us? God, would you remind us that this world is a place that you love deeply and that you came to bring restoration to? God, help us to be courageous enough that we go on the journey. That we don't fill our backpacks up with things that we never use. God, remind us again, remind your church again that following you is the adventure of a lifetime. That nothing compares to it. God, would you lead us step by step in gentleness, in love. God, would you be that oasis that we saw, that picture in worship of an oasis. God, I just pray for anyone here today who just needs a fresh touch from you. New life, God. I breathe new life out upon this place in your name, Jesus. Just sense tiredness and brokenness. Maybe some confusion and some hurt, God. But in you, you restore and renew all things. God, there is nothing bigger, nothing more powerful than you. Help us to rest in that simple truth today as we pursue you together as family. And everyone said, Amen. Well, hey.